Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Bartles, a cropping system educator with Nebraska Extension. Today, I'll be joined by Dr. Tamara Jackson-Zims, and we will be talking about tar spot and corn. Thank you for joining me today, Tamara. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Melissa. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing well. So I think by now, most people should know who you are, but for those that don't, do you want to tell us a little bit about your role in Extension? Sure, I'd be glad to. I'm, I'm an Extension specialist in plant pathology, and specifically, I work with producers and others across the state on diseases of corn, grain, sorghum, and temporarily now uh, soybean as well. So we have some exciting or maybe not so exciting news to talk about. Tar spot was confirmed here in Nebraska in early October. This is a disease that we have tried to bring awareness to the last couple years as it's moved closer to our state. So why should we be concerned about this particular disease? This isn't a huge surprise, right? We, we've watched this disease boiling in states east of us in the Corn Belt. And, you know, uh, since 2015, we've known this disease was in the United States, and it started over in northern Illinois and northern Indiana. And it didn't do much. It, it didn't increase in severity. It really didn't move very far for the first two or three years. And what was probably happening is, you know, we had inoculum building up slowly over time. Conditions may not have been that favorable then for disease. But after about three to four years, suddenly there was a wet summer. And it was enough that uh, for the next couple of years, this disease really blew up and it started moving much more quickly in those parts of the country. And so it spread across many of the Corn Belt states. And so the advantage for us is that they have had a head start in dealing with it and have more answers for us. But we know that this disease, in its most severe cases, they've documented yield loss from it up to 40 or 50 percent in some of those states. And that's an extreme example and not common, quite uncommon, actually. But that is possible. And uh, partly because this fungus is aggressive, it can move quickly and most of our hybrids are susceptible to it. Yikes. Yes. If I remember correctly, when we had been trying to talk about this and bring awareness, it actually moved quite quickly across Iowa. Yeah. So in 2019, you know, we were, we had a wetter year that year and so did Iowa and late in the season, just like here this year now, they had some wet conditions. And in general, we've seen this organism, this fungus moving west to east a little bit quicker than it moves east to west. And that's likely because of prevailing weather patterns. But that year in September of 2019, it moved halfway across Iowa in about two weeks, as documented by uh, my counterparts over at Iowa State University. And so they uh, saw it move from central to western Iowa in those two weeks. And I, I spent a day over there looking at it with them and learning more about it. You know, at the time, it was alarming. We had it in western Iowa, right across the river from us. 
and then for two years seemingly didn't move and really didn't redevelop. And that's probably because of the drought conditions that we had during the last two years up until now. And we finally had a little bit more rainfall here lately and cooler temperatures. And those cooler temperatures in the 60s and 70s are, are very favorable for this fungus. And of course, the damp conditions, the high humidity. And so hopefully that illustrates to people how important the environment is for this disease and for all of them, really. And to better understand that, it can help us anticipate where we might see it develop again. That's pretty fast moving. All right. So as we're looking at tar spot, what are the symptoms that we're looking for in corn? Well, just like the name implies, you know, this fungus makes what looks like little black dots on the leaves. It literally looks like someone dipped a paintbrush in black paint or tar and just splattered it on the leaves. And, you know, you get an image and you probably, a lot of the our viewers and readers, listeners, have seen pictures coming out of those Corn Belt states of these huge black dots that are very easy to see. Well, that's not necessarily what we're seeing now. These are fungal structures, and when they first, that fungus first infects and it produces that ascomata that produces all the spores that are moving around out here and helping disseminate this fungus. These are tiny, tiny black dots when they first start and very difficult to see with the naked eye. And so most of these fields where we're seeing this disease, it's hard, very hard to find and the incidence is very low. And so, you know, you may find a single fungal structure on one leaf out of 500 or 100. And so you really have to be looking close. And so the black dots eventually will also pass through as the fungus also uh, infects through the leaf, also on the bottom side. So that's one thing to watch for and flip that leaf over. And, you know, we've got just, you know, a few green leaves still out there. Sometimes the green leaves might be a little easier to find these structures on, a little easier to see the contrast, I think, between the green and the black. But they're also on the brown nest leaves, too. And so once you know what you're looking for, you're going to be able to find them. The problem right now is, is that there's a couple of things you can confuse this with that are much more common than tar spot is. So, for example, we had southern rust again this year, like we do most years in the Nebraska. And the southern rust fungus, as we know it earlier in the summer, produces those orange and tan spores. But late in the season, the fungus switches to a different spore type and produces black spores in these telia on the surface. And so right now we've got all these black dots caused by southern rust on the surface, but they look a little bit different. And so if you see old southern rust pustules and you see a ring around it or a horseshoe shape, it's probably the southern rust telia and not tar spot. Otherwise, there's a lot of tiny little black insects and insect frass. And so if you're in a cornfield and you see something, try to rub it off. And if it rubs off, it's not tar spot. It's probably not southern rust either. But if you can scrape off this little raised structure and see black spores on your fingernail, there's a chance that might be what you have. And so uh, you might consider grabbing some leaf samples and sending that into the UNL Plant and Pest Diagnostic Clinic or to one of us and letting us take a closer look under the microscope. 
Yes. We're always here in our local extension office and we can help you with that and would welcome that so we can get those samples to the plant pest and diagnostic clinic, which ultimately will help you and in, in your lab as we move into another disease to look for here in Nebraska. Thinking about that, should we be thinking about management options yet this year and thinking about next year. So what are we going to need to be thinking about with this disease moving into next year's growing season also? Well, that's a good question. And it's never too early to start thinking about this. At this point this year, this has developed very late in the season in most of these fields for the first time ever. And I don't expect it to have a direct impact on yield. The reason we're really emphasizing the need to get out and look for it, let's confirm it where it is, is because this fungus is going to overwinter and it's going to be there next year or whenever you come back to corn. And if conditions are favorable, you're going to see disease development and you may not need to actively manage it next year. You may not need to actively manage it with a fungicide or resistant variety for three or four years. We don't know. That's going to depend on a lot of things that are out of our control, like weather conditions, mother nature, and uh, of course, susceptibility of hybrids. And right now, a lot of hybrids are susceptible to it. But just know that some of them are not as susceptible. And so if you've got it in your fields, especially if you're in those easternmost counties in the state, and if you're not sure where this disease has been confirmed, please check out the website. I Actually, I would Google corn IPM pipe tar spot. And this is the sister website of where our southern rust monitoring system is. And so you'll see a very similar map pop up. And where you see counties colored in gray is historically where we've had the disease confirmed. But anything in gold is uh, that dark yellow color is where the disease is active this year. And so you can get a better perspective on at least where the disease has been confirmed. Right now in Nebraska, there's only, you know, several counties where we've confirmed it. But Since Iowa has confirmed it in every county along their western edge, I think it's likely that it's probably in Nebraska all along our eastern edge. And now we've confirmed it several counties deep into Nebraska, uh, moving east to west. And so I think it's likely that we could find it if if we looked hard enough, we'll find it in those easternmost counties. And so this is a good chance for people to get out. And and man, this is a busy time, right? We're in combines, we're hauling grain. And not this year, you you may run out of time, but next year we'll be looking really closely. If you do have it, what can you do? So hybrid selection is one. There has been some screening and some of our companies are already providing ratings for how they expect their hybrids to react to this disease. And so start looking at those ratings and having conversations with your seed company agronomist about what might be a better fit for you in the coming years where uh, you're in those easternmost counties, especially. You might also consider crop rotation if you're not already doing that There's a lot of things we don't know about the fungus causing tar spot, but one thing we do know is that it does overwinter and it overwinters in the old crop debris. And so you're going to be at higher risk where you've had the disease before and it's going to be back, right? And so crop rotation might help you. 
other ways, you know, I, I know a lot of people are still using some tillage out there as needed. We don't know if that'll help or not for this particular fungus. So, you know, we can't recommend that. And so the other thing is we do have foliar fungicides and data from our counterparts in states east of us. It shows that fungicides can do a good job controlling this disease. There's a couple things that are complicated though. Sometimes it took more than one application to really do the best job of managing it. And so the other part of that is, is application timing. Sometimes this disease has come in very late in the season, may not having a big impact on yield, but if weather conditions are favorable earlier, it can show up any time. It's going to make it even more important that we scout intensively and know what we're looking for, not confusing it with other problems. And so that's a few of your options for management. So uh, I, I recommend checking that website out. Walking fields, if you know some of our corn right now is a little wet, can't get out there and harvest it, but Take a peek at it and see if you find something and let one of us know if you've got some samples to look at. So we do have some options, so that's good. And as you said, as we learn more, that might offer some more opportunities. So I wanted to touch just a little bit on what conditions favor this disease. So conditions that we would probably consider to be cool and wet or cool and damp probably be the most favorable. And so temperatures in the 60s and 70s, we believe to be ideal. You know, we have a lot to learn about this fungus yet, but right now that seems to be very favorable. And wet conditions, anything with relative humidity above 75%, which that's not uncommon for a fungus, right? We need moisture for these fungi to produce spores. And this one produces a couple of different kinds. It reproduces both sexually and asexually, producing lots and lots of spores in those little black structures. And so keeping that in mind, you know, sometimes also the conditions inside the canopy are very different from what you may have outside. But if there's dew, you've probably got plenty of moisture out there. The other conditions, you know, that we are impacting is with our irrigation, much of it being overhead irrigation from pivots, for example. There's some anecdotal evidence in other states that irrigation can make this disease worse. And so there's little to no research on how to answer those common questions you might have about what can I change about irrigation? You know, in general, we believe it might be that irrigating less frequently and higher volumes might help. I don't think we know enough about that to make good recommendations. So there's really some needs and opportunities here for research. So I think that's something hopefully you'll be seeing in, in the coming years as we uh, begin to ramp up programs looking at this. Great. And as you said, if the listeners want to monitor this, they can visit corn IPM pipe. So if they Google that with tar spot, do you have any programs or articles coming out soon that are related to this topic? I know it's been a crazy, <laughs> we just found it recently. So I'm sure you've sure. been uh, kind of under the pressure of getting everything out. Well, sure. You know, we uh, will have articles in CropWatch like normal and a lot of social media activity already going on, some discussions. It just depends on how your listeners really like to get their information. And so there are some existing 
websites and articles already online as well, like from the Crop Protection Network. There's a great deal of information on that website, not just about tar spot, but a lot of other diseases. So I always recommend going there because that information is produced by university specialists from all over the country. And so we all work together on the resources you find there. And it's a great spot. Also, we'll have more and more from Nebraska Extension moving forward. So you know, you can start with us and then we'll get what you need and bring that out. So please uh, let us know if you have questions and, uh, and what your observations are too. Yes, we would greatly appreciate that because we can't be in every field. So we do rely on our producers. They see it. If they are willing to share that with us, we greatly appreciate it. And I know that helps, helps me out as an educator and helps you and your team out as a pathology specialist. Well, great. I really appreciate you taking the time and working us into your schedule. So thank you for joining me today. And I hope everybody has a great harvest. Well, thank you for featuring this issue and uh, for all the work you're all doing. Thank you.